HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. This week, Meat and Three is taking you to market and all over the world, from Newfoundland to Tunisia. Well, a lot of us think of, you know, the British Empire trading things like spices and sugar and silk. But you write that it actually began with salt cod from Newfoundland. <laughs> there was a port closure in Tunisia, which was horrible. I mean, it was months, boats just setting on the water waiting to go and they couldn't go anywhere. And we'll learn about how markets have changed, whether because of their customers or the climate. A few years ago, something around the 10 years, it was uh, totally different. It almost manifests itself to almost smelling like an old fire pit. When you, mm-hmm. you put it out, it has that sort of charcoal-y smell to it. It's not good for wine. Join us this week on Meat and 3 for our global market tour. And don't forget to subscribe to Meat and 3 wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to HRN Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere and somewhere is Bushwick. I'm Kat Johnson here with such a big crowd of people. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Katie Mosman Waddler. What up? Hannah Forden. Happy Thursday. Liza Ham. Hello. She's back. She's back. Daisy the dog. (laughs) Jingle, jingle, jingle. Uh, Valerie Lomas. Hi there. The co-host of Why Food and Baker Extraordinaire, uh, Patrick Martins, the founder. Thanks for having me. The founder of Heritage Radio Network. Oh, my gosh. He's here. Can you believe it? I cannot. I cannot. And we have... In the booth. In the booth, Amanda Wang. What's Gouda, everybody? (laughs) Gouda cheese? And the real reason we have all gathered here today is to celebrate our intern team, Specifically, we've got two amazing ones in the room. Say hi to Matan and Oscar. Woo! What's up? Howdy, people. Hey, everybody. I can't say this. I'm in radio. In my, <laughs> closer to the mics, guys. My heart is breaking because uh, the word is that today is Oscar's last day. He seems to still think that. He does not necessarily know about the uh, cage that I've set up in the office. (laughs) He's never going back to school. Right, Oscar? Mentally preparing myself to live as uh, Katie's (laughs) second dog. Why why would you go back? Why would you leave us? I I just, I have this this passion for learning. uh, It's why we like you. Yeah. 
I can't contain it. Whatever. <laughs> well, Patrick, you so have did seen. Did you get in anywhere? I mean, are you going to a school or something? Or are you just saying you're going to spend <laughs> more time at the school. library? They're actually about to kick me out. I've been there for, for quite quite a while. Too three, long. Three years. Yeah. Almost that's done. That's not too long. You're fine. Um, you if you were like five years, I'd be like, Where okay. Where are you from? I'm from close to New Jersey, you know, nowhere New Jersey. Okay. Um, but well, Patrick, you've seen 10 say... years of, of interns at HRN. Wow. Yes, yes. And uh, happily, I forgot a few of them, but I'm very happy to <laughs> still be friends with some of them. But I will say that, uh, you know, I know I run Heritage Foods. And even though the top brass at the organization might be working perfectly together and really accomplishing a lot, if the if the kind of worker be the honest worker who's like running the warehouse, if that's kind of messed up as an energy, then the whole office seems off kilter, you know? So it's funny, like they are the kind of foundation. And I always love Helen Keller's quote, the world is not always pushed along only by the great shoves of its heroes, but also by each honest push of each honest worker. Something like that. I like that you mentioned Helen Keller, the uh, heroine of Alabama. Thank you for that. Very nice. Well, as Thank I like you. to say, you would be blind not to see how important she was. Uh, oh, God. To, sorry. Oh. That no, but I, I use her quote all the time because, I mean, that is really fantastic. And, you know, Heritage Radio is credited to the massive number of people who've been through our doors and mm-hmm. worked for the cause, kept the flame alive. Didn't drop the baton. Yes. yes. Oh, and our entire reference. staff in, in this room and truly the whole staff uh, started as interns or volunteers. So uh, the program, it really is literally core to who we are. That's Absolutely. And so, uh, Oscar, we expect to see you back. Oh, I'll be back. In fact, <laughs> I'll be back. demand it. I'll, yes. be, I'll be showing up unannounced. Don't Thank you worry. Great yes. job, guys. And uh, fundraiser, right? November 11th. We got some big restaurants. We got we got Woo! this little thing coming up. It is the annual 10th anniversary. But okay, hold on. I'm sorry again. It's the annual HR and Gala, but this year it's the 10th anniversary, November Thanks, Patrick, 11th. Bye. Thanks, Patrick. It's going to be at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden. It's going to be beautiful. You can get your tickets now. They just went on sale. The early bird special is going on. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash gala. It's going to be in incredible this year well that kicks off our announcements our most important announcement (laughs) matter of fact um a couple other announcements we have uh crew over here that's going to feast portland want to talk about that a little bit jealous we're going to feast it's gonna be so fun we're gonna do two days of live broadcasts from the big feast uh, and we're really excited. We have some exciting guests lined up, and we are bringing um, the three of us, and then also the incomparable Dana Cowan and Mike Hewitt, mm. who will be helping us with interviews. And yeah, and you... Jenny and oh Alex yeah, and Jenny and Alex. Oh my god, and opening soon. We're gonna have a full house. Um, send us your restaurant recommendations for Portland, please, everyone who's listening. Yes, and uh, bring us food. At and the big br- feast. Yeah. We uh, we. Um, I th- I'm optimistic about this one. Usually when we do these food festivals, it's hard for our team to actually like sneak out and get any snacks. So if you happen to be at the big <laughs> feast and you happen to bring over a, like a few snacks, we will love you forever. Uh, but we're super stoked. And the um, feast goes on from Thursday all the way through Sunday. There are tons of events. They're all incredibly fun. Um, so you should definitely check it out, whether you're already planning to be in Portland or if you are uh, like us snagging those last couple of plane tickets, please wait until after <laughs> 6 p.m. today to buy your tickets on Delta. I have my eye on some, but then uh, after that, you're free to attend and we would love to see you there. And, and they're doing a big giveaway right now, so you should check that out. There's oh, it gonna ended. Be some, oh, it, never mind. Scratch that. You're too late. 
You're too late, but early if you decide to sign up for next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. <laughs> One other thing we have coming up to preview feast is we're going to have Nick Perkins from Hearts and Aaron Crowder from Servos. Those are a Brooklyn and a Manhattan restaurant, sister restaurants. They're coming on HR and Happy Hour on Thursday, August 29th. Um, they're going to talk about the events they're doing at Feast. Aaron's doing an event called Vaguely Spanish. Um, and then Nick is doing the Bon Appetit Hot Tin Dinner as part of Hearts, because Hearts is bomb if you haven't been yet. Servos Just, also is bomb. They're both bomb. If you want to eat some like little fishies and yeah. some olives and some vermouth. Some vaguely Spanish the place food. you want to be. And then they just opened their third restaurant, The Fly, which is a rotisserie chicken and natural wine bar in bed Highly recommend. Go see our friend John at Twerk Twerk. <laughs> so good. <laughs> On Instagram. So good. At Twerk Twerk. Uh, should we dive into our headlines? Let's do it. Okay. You're going to have to point at me because I can't hear the news music. You're All right. On. I'm Go on. I'm on. I'm going. <laughs> okay, guys. Guess what? This week, Queer the Table wrapped up season one. We're so happy that they joined us this season with a follow-up to Queer Boss. This time, Nico talks with Sana Javeri Kadri, the founder and chief feelings officer at Diaspora Company, and Andre Springer, founder and queen of Shaquanda's Hot Sauce. Turn, tune in for conversations about QT people of color uh, taking up space and building in a more equitable food future. And this week on Bushwick Podcast, this is an episode that I am obsessed with. Luke Griffin talked to Meryl Meisler, a photographer whose work captured Bushwick during one of its most defining eras, the 1980s. While the neighborhood was still recovering from the devastating 1977 blackout and the arson, looting, and vandalism that followed, Meisler was teaching public educate like public school art classes and she would like literally get a pass out of her classroom for security reasons to go take photos on the street so she captured like the life and the light and the laughter in this community as it kind of rebuilt from that um step into the past was an intimate conversation with this former quote disco club kid she also did a lot of photography at studio 54 it's awesome check it out she was a public school teacher as i mentioned and one of bushwick's longtime chroniclers I love that. And last but not least on our headlines this week on Eating Matters, Daisy Freund, I I hope I'm saying that correctly, um, director of Farm Animal Welfare at the ASPCA, joins Jenna Liute to discuss the exciting work the organization is doing to help consumers navigate food labels, which is something I know I need a lot of help with. It's very confusing. Um, So although 76% of consumers are reported to be concerned about farm animal welfare, Food labels and marketing claims have become alarmingly misleading, making it really difficult for consumers to have the impact they seek to make through their purchasing power. So definitely check that out. It's an amazing resource for anyone who buys food. I buy food. Me too. I buy food. When have you guys been like really baffled and confused by a label lately? Any like label stories? I feel like it's uh, whenever I buy poultry and it's a it's like there are no brands that I recognize. You know, like I have the few like D'Artagnan and Farmer Focus that like you can find in most grocery stores. But if I can't find those, like I'll read the whole label and be like, I don't know. I think I have to Google it, you know, because there's there's so many words on there like, you know, uh, free range or um, pasture fed or whatever. And those can mean a lot of very, very, very different things. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'll Google and see if the farm does tours. Mm. I find that reassuring. It's very Portland of you. 
Isn't it? I know. I have to know like the name of the chicken and which side of the coop it likes to sleep on. And... Gary the chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anybody watching Orange is the New Black? No. Oh. So many chickens. Yes. Yeah. I have. I'm halfway through the finale. I fell asleep last night in the middle of it. But yeah. But the magical chicken returned. Mm-hmm. And I loved the story about the prisoners having a chance to care for the chickens mm-hmm. because. It just adds, you know, that like layer of being able to actually take care of something. And it's a part of, you know, like personal um, being able to, you know, get yourself kind of like back in that state of being able to re-enter society in a way that isn't going to cause recidivism and cause you to go back to prison. So, yeah, I love that the, the magical chicken return. They had 13. It, I, I when that happened, I was seriously like flabbergasted, like jumping out of my couch. <laughs> but when they put the, they actually and spoiler alert, but they put the chickens in shoe. Mm-hmm. So one of the characters was like, "Oh, the chickens have been bad. They need to be punished. They so should she, be isolated." Yeah, she put them in solitary confinement. So even though the chickens like could have been roaming free, they created these little cages for the chickens. Projecting much? <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, I gotta watch Under the New Black new season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been good. like two episodes in, and there have been no chickens yet. <laughs> I will say it's been really stressful. Yeah, there has been a lot of sad. Yeah, it's you know I'm like kind of excited to be done with it because then I feel like I won't have this like nightly stress that has been kind of weighing on me. But I, I it's a it's really fantastic. Well, anyway. I just finished Handmaid's Tale season. Oh yeah, whatever. I, 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 I had to ration that I one out. I need a break between yeah. Orange is the New Black. Apparently, it's too much at the same time. Yeah. So uh, get at Queer me Eye with, Break? Yeah, Queer Eye Break. I was going to say, any other like uplifting show recommendations? Yes, 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 yes. My new favorite show ever is Los Spookies. Yay! On what HBO. So um, Fred Armisen and Julio Torres, who is a comedian and writer for SNL, who is just like... Brilliant. Maybe my one of my favorite humans. I just saw him do stand-up at... Um, the bell house um so it's it's a bilingual spanish english um very surreal uh show that's about like a group of young adults who um are trying to make a living by creating spooky experiences basically (laughs) like i don't know how to explain it all i can say is please watch it it's so good this is really reminding me of the creepy paper line from what we do in the shadows if you guys haven't watched that it's so so good um, and I'll put in a plug for a show I haven't seen because people I really respect and admire seem to be loving it, which is Fleabag. So that's next on my list. Oh, Fleabag is the best show that's see? ever been made. It's amazing. <laughs> so, so good. Wait, why is Fleabag good? And where can I watch it? Valerie. Valerie. I've never heard Valerie. of it. I'm with you. Valerie. It's on Amazon. I've okay. watched it all twice. I- wow. Yeah. <laughs> Two seasons, three. There's two, two seasons. And that's it. That's it. That's it. Right? That's that's it. It's based. On, so uh, it's it's stars uh, and is created by a Phoebe Waller Bridge, who's a, play, a British playwright, um, and she's like fucking brilliant, and it's really good. So it originated as a one woman play in the West End that got adapted to like an actual show. It's very good. She also just did Killing Eve, yes. which I also highly recommend. Oh, yeah. with um, oh my god. Sarah. Sandra O oh from Grey's Anatomy, yeah. of course. Okay, I love Sandra O, oh, so that's a good... Watch all of them. <laughs> Watch all. Well, um, if you want to hop on the European crazy train... Uh, <laughs> always. The Europeans are obsessed with Casa de Papel on Netflix, also known Ooh. as Money Heist, which okay. f- follows a group of uh, 
Spanish robbers who take control of the National Bank and rather than stage a normal robbery, it becomes a whole big drama where the hostages also are the robbers. So if you want to get into Ooh. that. Yeah. Hot tips. This is good. This is like, we, we haven't had one of these like TV episodes in a while. All the, you know, we make you a lot of recommendations about food, but uh, we can run your whole life here from here to your happy hour. <laughs> right now True. I'm going to farmer's markets and buying tomatoes and I'm eating at home a lot. What am I going to watch? What, but like, do you have certain snacks for like shows yes. that are more stressful, shows that are more fun and like queer eye style? Valerie, you have ideas. Yeah. I mean, I like to do it like um, our girl, Carrie Washington. <laughs> so popcorn and wine. Mm-hmm. And that's for any and all shows multi-purpose <laughs> multi-purpose Love you it. can laugh you can cry mm-hmm. it even works for movies <laughs> it even works for movies and i may or may not have i don't know brought wine into a movie theater oh yeah well i mean Maybe. who put who fairway market next to the kipps bay amc lows <laughs> why would they do that if you weren't supposed to bring in your own beer and wine okay Hot tip for anyone who has a large purse and likes smuggling things into movie theaters. <laughs> so He's got two thumbs. <laughs> yeah. This guy. Okay, so here's what I do is because because they'll like sort of do a very cursory uh, look at your bag to make sure you're not bringing in anything that you're not supposed to be bringing in. So the, the way to distract them is to put clothes in your bag. <laughs> like lady clothes? Or like, well, I am a lady, and so most well, yeah. of my clothes... Like, <laughs> Um, yeah, I do. I, yeah, uh, our lady clothes and people just like, they won't touch it. They won't touch anything that looks like it could have touched your body. And so I just put that on top of like whatever alcohol and fancy snacks I'm bringing in. And I'm like, good to go. Right. Awesome. Ooh, I want to build on this by saying I have a really great wine recommendation to take into movie theaters. It's Piquette by Wild Ark Farms from mm. upstate New York. It comes in cans. It's like pretty low ABV because it's a Piquette is basically where you're like, you make your first run of wine and then you put more water in with the grapes and then you do like this second pass. So it has a lower ABV and it like, it, it's like a, it's like a, a, like a really good funky rosé had like a baby with a sour beer. It's excellent. I recommend it for the beach, for the pool definitely for going into a movie theater because it's in a can yeah and by the way hot tip a can of wine is half of a bottle you think it's less Whoa. it's half a bottle seriously Whoa. caution caution um but also does anybody have a tip for quietly opening a can i mean i just wait until the loudest part of the previews and try to like <laughs> like real quick do it but i suggest you just cough really like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fit, right? <laughs> like just make a small scene while you do it off to the, like be your own distraction that's good. Yeah. <laughs> any any other shameless can openers here? <laughs> oh, I mean, all the time. Oh yeah, so bad. Just do it. Yeah, um, we like to live on the edge here. <laughs> I mean, I also tend to talk through the whole movie, so I oh, think the can is. Well, it's. I just. Uh, yeah, I sat between two. Related to me, full-length movie talkers, and I was in the middle to try to buffer them, but instead they were just literally trying to talk to each other over me, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. A whisper. I mean, yeah, but you shouldn't do that. <laughs> they throw you out of Alamo for that. Really? Yeah, I'm too busy oh. eating at Alamo. I yeah, do hate true. getting in trouble. I hate it. <laughs> I got in trouble for something the other day. Oh, I was in the Delta Lounge and I had taken off my shoes because <laughs> I was exhausted and somebody came over to scold me because I wanted to kind of tuck my feet and I didn't want to put my shoes on the furniture. 
And so I politely removed them, but apparently it was impolite and I got in trouble. But if you can't take off your shoes in the Delta Lounge. It was actually, it was actually the Centurion Lounge. Um, I but mean, seriously, I know. I was like, I paid good money to be here. Right. And you were just being a good New Yorker. I noticed. like Shoes pe- are so gross. Shoes should not be on seats. But people who don't live in New York, you know, they, they have no problem putting, because I'm like, we sit there. Yeah. We those New Yorkers sit there. Do you know where there. those have been? <laughs> you sit there too. <laughs> Yes, true story. Yeah, I take feet over city shoes any day. Yeah, and yeah. like clean socks yeah. over dirty shoes. But was there at least good food in the lounge? It was pretty good, not going to lie. This was in Dallas. There, it's um, Oh, gosh, I'll think of the chef's name in a minute. Um, but there was like chicken mole. Oh, there was incredible creamed corn that was like very extremely delicious. They have plums, you know, like you know you're fancy when there's plums <laughs> as like the extra fruit bowl thing. Um, it's pretty good. It's good food. Dale... Oh, God, guys, help me out. Anyway, Dallas Chef Dale. Dale. Centurion Club. Chef Dale. Great cocktails, too. Let's bring this black back with plums. Because I, I... Let's bring it back to food in New York and everything. I had some really amazing plums from the Fort Greene Farmer's Market the other day. And they were amazing. And I'm curious, since this is kind of like a wrap-up summer show with our intern team, what's been, like, some amazing food memories from this summer? Guys, I'll throw it to you. Well, I've been, my parents have been away, and I've just been surviving off of our CSA every week, and I have (laughs) so many plums right now, Um, so I've been eating like three per every post meal that I eat at home, Um, and they're still, they're still like getting too soft, so I would definitely take recommendations for things to do with them. Oh, yeah. We have oh, a baker yeah. in the room. I mean, once they're soft, they might it might not be a good idea to put them in a tart, but you can always sorbet them. Oh. And don't forget kuchen, lest we forget plum kuchen. Enlighten me. I'll send you I'll send you a recipe. Yeah. It's recipe. like a German cake with the plum. It's sort of like an upside down cake oh, with the plums. Oh. It's really, really wonderful. Okay. Valerie okay. gave you a look like, I was like, enlighten me also. Yeah. <laughs> but on, I was like, did you forget how to say cooking? <laughs> cooking. On the, on the topic of, uh, of plums, uh, <clears throat> peaches, I was at the Finch last week, shortly what? after interviewing uh, Chef Gabe McCacken, who's also McMacken. the owner. McMacken. You know, that something. Guy. He's awesome. He makes great we food. And I ate this, it was like a pork belly with, um, with like two types of peaches and I had to go up and just ask him where the peaches were from because they were like just godly white peaches that were amazing and like with the pork belly and then I think there was some basil. It was just, it was amazing. I'm going to jump in on the pork belly because my favorite bite that I had recently, I was in Crystal Lake, Michigan, which is beautiful um, and we had pork belly and watermelon, which I would not have thought, yeah. but it was perfect together. Like raw white? Is, are there other kinds of watermelon like that are normal? Okay. Mm. No, raw. They, they do that taste. like watermelon ham thing now, which kind of freaks me out. Have you seen that? Oh, that's at uh, Duck's Eatery yeah. in the East Village. Yeah. Um, I've heard good things. It's it, it freaks me out a little bit. That's so weird. Yeah. Can you say more about the watermelon ham? Uh, it's like a compressed watermelon that is smoked and kind of cured. They cut it. And they, it they looks cut it like, so it a looks like a ham. Whoa. Like yeah. they score it? Whoa. Yeah, it has like the, the yeah. you know, the... The scored outside, and then it's sliced. It looks convincing, and I think it's smoky and sort of savory, and uh, it's like vegan. So it's like ham. beyond ham. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but like less, way less ingredients. Watermelon edition. Yeah. That exactly. just confuses me because I've always been under the impression that like watermelon, like in essence, doesn't exist. 
Like it's just water and like sugar, and yeah. there isn't really like anything it's like there. Cell walls. That's the beauty of it. Like I've never Wait. like when people talk about like cooking watermelon or like doing anything to watermelon. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it's like it would just disappear. Like I don't understand. Oh. I don't think I'm. So That's Hannah true. talked to a, an amazing watermelon farmer earlier this week, and I he has like the best quote about what a watermelon is. Um. Yeah. So I won't reveal what this interview is for because it's a surprise, but you should get excited about it. <laughs> However, Nat Bradford, if you're not familiar with him, is the best. Um, he His family has been farming for like... Over 100 years. Over like five generations in South Carolina, and they preserve all of their heritage seeds. So they have their own varieties of watermelon, okra, um, collard, like all of your favorite delicious, beautiful things that grow in the South. Um, and he's just an incredibly generous, wonderful person. So he, I was lucky enough to talk to him while he was like in between drop. He was delivering okra to all of the stores around his area. And I spoke to him about watermelon. So the Bradford watermelon is 40 pounds. And Whoa. these seeds were like originated during the Revolutionary War. There's like a whole crazy story about them. But what I asked Nat if there was anything that I didn't ask him about watermelons that I should know and that would be interesting. And he said that they're like camels because um, they come from like Saharan Africa and they grow in very dry climates. And so they're really good at drawing water from the soil and like reaching really deep. So they basically hold enough water for themselves to survive, which, you know, Mm. we think about cactuses doing that, but you would never think about watermelon. He also kept calling watermelon a vegetable. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Which I'm very I guess... hot tip, hot hmm. point. I mean, it's Wait. basically a sweet cucumber, right? I feel like we have this debate on HR and Happy Hour often <laughs> uh, <laughs> about vegetable or fruit, <laughs> but aren't the internal seeds indicative that it is by definition a fruit? I think Cucumber. so. That's Cucumber's a same. fruit. Cucumber's a fruit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have to call Nat back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nat... We need a, we need your help. But it's cool because Nat has a uh, has a nonprofit. He, his, he and his wife started. That's like. That helps like kind of replant watermelons in Tanzania. I believe it's Tanzania because it's like they are reservoirs for water. So you can help solve like water crises with by planting watermelons. It's so cool. Yeah, watermelons are dope. Yeah, but his watermelons do have seeds, right? Yes, they do. But they're only oh. they're only white seeds. I see which where is, you're going there, because yeah. like they're very thin skin. I can That's why they that. don't. They didn't like ba- make it into like modern era because they don't ship well because they have very thin skins. And they're forty pounds <laughs> each. Like they're not. They're amazing. They're it's not like a casual yeah. watermelon. They're like dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, Matan. Summer food memory. Summer food memory. Well, being a Jersey native, you know, I have to talk about the garden stuff from the Garden State. And (laughs) one of Jersey's proudest is our tomatoes. Um, And at home, in my garden, I grow varieties of heirloom tomatoes, uh, different types of grape tomatoes, San Marino tomatoes. uh, And luckily this year, the chipmunks haven't gone to all of them. (laughs) And uh, and with the right combination of sun, humidity, and lots and lots of rain this summer, our tomatoes came out very, very sweet, almost like a candy. So... Going back to the perfect movie snack, if you can find yourself a nice variety of small tomatoes like I did, there you go. Mm. Good one. I like that. I like that. I had an insane over-the-top tomato dish last night. Um, I had an anniversary fancy, fancy, fancy dinner at Le Cuckoo. Le Cuckoo. And uh, we had, I, I, I don't even, look, I can't pronounce French. I'm just going to say it. Um, but it was a tomato, it was spelled presse with an E with an apostrophe. I don't know how you would. Huh? That's, that's how you say. Presse, a tomato presse. 
Um, it was all these heirloom tomatoes sliced and like kind of formed into a terrine and they were compressed and they must have peeled the skins off before, but they weren't cooked. It was very magical. And uh, so it formed this like striated loaf of incredibly delicious, like concentrated heirloom tomato flavor. And it was served with caviar and creme fraiche with like uh, some chive oil in a, like the most beautiful presentation. And it was just insane. It was so, so delicious. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what's more upsetting to me right now. The fact that Oscar is leaving or the fact that you ate that and I did not. <laughs> I have a picture of it. <laughs> rub it in, rub it in. Oh, so good. It was so good. All right, should we take a quick break? Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk more with our interns. Mm-hmm. Um, before we leave, Daisy's favorite summer snack has been that she discovered blueberries. Oh, yeah. But I had to mash them up the first couple times and, like, ba- like baby bird feed them to her. Oh. Like, in, like in my hand. I'm, I'm just pretty a baby sure, bird. I'm pretty sure baby bird is when you chew you it chew up. You chew it up? Yeah. I didn't do that. I chewed it with my hand. <laughs> That's false advertising. I knew, I knew that I was, like, saying that and it was wrong. But, yeah, so she's like, I like blueberries now. And I think that may be why she's become very beggy and whiny because she thinks oh. she's a person now. Oh, God. More so than before. My dog also has like a few berry things and he will cry. Like if we're picking strawberries on the other side of the fence, he'll just cry because he loves them so much and he wishes he was eating them. Dogs love berries. They do. They do. They're good for them. Yeah, they are good. Except um, grapes. Don't give a dog grapes. No, they're very bad. Really? Uh, they're, grapes are terrible for dogs. It really can hurt their liver. And raisins are ten times worse. So Whoa. be very careful with dogs and grapes and raisins. Okay. PSA. These are things I need to know. Blueberries, good. Grapes, bad. Exactly. Okay. That is your hot tip while we go to break. We'll be back in a minute. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Thank you, Roberta's. We're back on HR and Happy Hour. Uh, uh, Oscar's looking around furtively. Oscar, eat your pizza. pizza. It's, it's fine. okay. It's you fine. can you can eat. It's a salad. It is a salad on pizza. This is the white and greens, which is it's like healthy. a mountain of greens on top of some white pie. Mmm, mustardy. Mm, That's ooh. good. Peppery. Yeah. Yeah. It's got some some zinc some zing to it. A little zing. Um. Well, I want to turn over to Valerie for a second and ask you a little bit about since you've joined the HRN family and have been co-hosting Why Food. Tell us a little bit about who you've been talking to, what stories you've been telling. Give us the four one one. Um, hi. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, uh, Ethan and I, the co-hosts of Y Food, we had a great end of the summer, uh, talking to a lot of really interesting, awesome people. Um, everyone from cookbook authors to condiment manufacturers. Uh, today we spoke to Naomi with Le Bon Margot, oh. and she has an amazing line of condiments. I haven't gotten to taste them yet but i mean she can just like describe them with such fervor that like i was 
I was in the studio today, like practically salivating. Like, why didn't you bring us condiments? <laughs> she gets a lot of awards, right? I think she has Good Food Awards and the Sophie Awards. Yes, like. yes. And um, I, I'm like, I can see why just by hearing the descriptions. So, um, yeah, we had. I think we had a really good end of the summer season, and um, yeah, just looking forward to continuing on. Can you talk about your trip coming up? Oh, yeah. So I'm going to Paris in a few weeks. Yay. I'm actually going to be taking a four-day traditional bread-making workshop at the Cordon Bleu Paris. So we're going to make everything from, like, loaves to croissants. I love making laminated doughs because there's just something really therapeutic about, like, the rolling and folding the butter into the dough so um and my mom is actually coming too so it's gonna be like part doing the workshop with you she is i told her i was doing this and she was like i want to come and i was like okay so um it's gonna be you know part-time workshopping part-time trying to get my hemingway on and just kind of really like get into the paris mindset because um when I lived in Paris, that was like a big part of my culinary inspiration. And it's going to be a big part of the cookbook I'm working on. And I also, I'm looking for Americans in Paris to interview for our podcast. So uh, looking for those awesome, you know, foodpreneurs and innovators and career changers out there. So hoping to get a few of those in as well. Nice. Awesome. Keep an ear out. For the Americans in Paris. I just re-listened to like the This American Life Americans in Paris episode where, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, His sister has the show on David Sedaris. Oh. And he's living in Paris and just like his experience there is just so interesting and eccentric. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very jealous you're doing that. Um, Okay. So Oscar... You have been working a lot on the show Meet and Three this summer. Tell us about some of your stories mm-hmm. and which, like, what were some of your favorite moments reporting for Meet and Three? Yeah, um, I loved working on the space episode. So I had this interview that ended up falling through. So I just did this kind of like long monologue and like mm-hmm. um, it was kind of like a timeline of like where space food is. But it was just such a fun thing to research and. The, like, the audio design was so fun. I loved what Matt did with it. And it was like a really good rest- episode to listen to. Um, Can we get a summary, those of us who haven't heard the episode yet? Like, where is space food and where is it going? Honestly, space food is, is not at its height right now. <laughs> I'd say back in the Skylab era, this is just a, a quick tidbit. Back in the Skylab era, um, I want to say like 70s, they had these like big trays that everyone would have. And they're just like s- straight out of Star Trek. And everyone would put, like, these individual... So we went through a lot of phases of, like, the mode that the food came in, whether it was, like, dehydrated or, like, for Skylab, it was frozen. So that was kind of, like, the most, quote-unquote, sophisticated because it was, like, they could heat it up. And then now we have, like, dehydrated. Everything's just, like, add water. Um, so Skylab, you had these, like, individual trays and you, like, put the little, the little like, containers of food into the tray. And then there's, like, this cool little, like, drink container. Everything just looked so sci-fi and awesome um and now we're kind of back to like bag of food stick it in a machine let the water like drip into it and then you eat that um but i was astounded by how many options they have to eat like the menu is massive um you can get whatever you want do you remember like what was the most surprising food they actually could have there was like everything um could they order pizza one thing that i found surprising i don't (laughs) 
I feel like there was like a make your own. A lot of the things you have to like put together yourself, like that <laughs> IKEA style dinner. Right, right. There honestly might have been Swedish meatballs on there. I was astounded <laughs> by like how many ways you could have your eggs, like your breakfast. It was just like so intricate. Like, do you want like scrambled or like sunny side up or poached? Like, I don't know if that's specific, but there was like at least nine ways to do an egg. Wow. Yeah. I find that very surprising because they're not starting with a fresh egg, are they? Right. But so, like, come on, how those... do you reheat a sunny yeah. side? Up? It's probably not even an egg, or maybe it's Yikes. like a space chicken. <laughs> also, it's like you can, you know, you take like a, you could just pack, pack whatever nutrients you want into there because everything's like super specific to like each person needs to get a certain amount of calories every day, and they're kind of monitoring them because they don't want them to come back from space and be like really weak or like off their normal diet. I know that they do. Like, I think one to two hours of exercise every day which those videos are hilarious because they're you like come, you come back and you're, you already can't walk just by being in space. right so right you have you'll to see see, you'll see these videos of like they come out of the shuttle and people are like carrying them yeah um because but the, you're in gravity you're in zero gravity you like cannot walk it's like back. when you right. get off a boat and you're real wobbly yeah just like really <laughs> just, wobbly it's like yeah. a really 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 bad boat ride yeah yeah but on a on a different episode i i uh most recently coming out tomorrow a little teaser Whoa. um It'll be Kitchen Joys. And I got to interview, as I said before, Gabe McMacken from The Finch, which is one of my favorite restaurants, and it's right in my neighborhood. Um, so that was kind of a dream, because I've just been kind of like idealizing whoever was behind that food for a couple years. Um, and I had a great conversation with him. And it went so beyond what I got to talk about in the episode. Um, I learned so much from him about what I want to do in food, as well as like what he's doing. It, it was just a ton of insight, and that was amazing. Do you want to put out a bonus episode? Maybe we'll see. All right, I'm going back. I'm going back to school, but uh, you know what? I would consider it. Okay. I definitely was like during the episode, during the interview, I was like, "This is a bummer" because there's like amazing things that he's saying right now, and I don't know where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we love him, so we'll put anything he says on the network. For sure, we'll talk. Okay. All right. Uh, and Matan, tell, tell us about like what the project you've been working on this summer is and like and how that's been going. Well, I've been privileged enough to share the title of intern with Oscar <laughs> over here. Um, and I'm doing the summer internship here at HRN. And the gist of what I'm doing is I am finalizing the transcriptions for all of the meet and three episodes that have been put out and will be put out. Uh, HRN is currently trying to go public with Meet and 3. We are trying to get uh, Meet and 3 out to radio stations and trying to expand so that more listeners, you know, get a sense of what it is that we're doing with this fascinating storytelling. And so what I'm doing is I go into the episode, I clean up the script, uh, I format the audio, uh, and make sure that it fits PRX guidelines and try and set it for publishing. Yeah. So uh, everybody listening out there who works for, I don't know, any radio station, if you want to share me in three out on the airwaves, uh, Matana's is making that all possible. Intense. We're also just really, really excited to have transcripts available. It's something that we would love to offer for every show, um, just from the point of accessibility and also searchability. Um, so you can find out like where we're talking about different things. Um, and then for if you're hard of hearing to be able to enjoy the full uh, amount of content that we're putting out. So this is uh, really groundbreaking for us to be able to publish full transcripts, which we'll be doing on our website as well, of course, as on PRX for people who are shopping for clips to play on their radio stations. So we're really grateful to Manhattan for the work. Um, and it's just opening up like a lot of new doors for us at HRN. So we're super stoked. It's exciting. 
All right. Do you have, Matan, do you have like a favorite story of what you've been through so far? Oh, or like anything course. that like shocked you to your core where you shook? Believe it or not, <laughs> my favorite story with uh, working with in HRN and working on Meet in 3 has to be the first episode that I worked on, and that was Turducken. Uh, <laughs> and for those of you that don't know what Turducken is, much like I didn't earlier this summer, Turducken is a Thanksgiving dish, American made Thanksgiving dish, in which chicken and duck are stuffed in a turkey. And the entire episode is basically the description, the history, and the <laughs> flabbergasted reactions of people to the turducken. Uh, and after working on turducken and being absolutely fascinated by it, I now am beginning a journey to try and get some for myself this Thanksgiving season. You are invited to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where you can have some turducken. Yes. I don't think I realized like how obscure it was. But really? you are invited. Thank you. You may I, have turducken. I will be there. <laughs> Does your family has it on a regular basis? My one of my very close friends, her family has it on a regular basis. Uh, so, and I see wow. her like every Thanksgiving day. Oh. You know, you do your rounds. Oh yeah. And I'm always in Louisiana for Thanksgiving because it's a food holiday. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. But yeah, it's it's a total thing, and you are invited as well. So. Thank you. I would take her up on that. Yeah. Louisiana in November sounds this. amazing. Yeah. Yep. It's not too hot anymore. It might be hot. <laughs> Can we all come? Yeah, yeah. Everyone is invited to my friend's parents' house. No, actually, like, they intentionally bought, like, a crazy house with tons of space because they love hosting people. Aww. They love hosting people. So, seriously, you're all Count invited. In. We're coming. Yeah, and then we'll go on her dad's boat afterwards. They're, they're, their backyard is the Amy River. And we'll wow. go, you know, we'll, it's, it will be so, like, Cajun country. It's we could day. do HR and Happy Hour Louisiana Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I'm, not Thanksgiving. Av- I'm not available for Thanksgiving, but uh, I will look up when Auburn's playing LSU <laughs> and let you know. Uh, they're big Tigers fans, so I don't Ooh. know. Well, we are too. It's Tigers versus Tigers. We can all be friends. <laughs> we both hate Alabama. It's fine. War Eagle. Oh my God. Oscar's been waiting to say that all day. Okay, Oscar, <laughs> tell us about what War Eagle means. Uh, so as I learned earlier today, because I was reading Kat's bio and it, it, it talks about how she's, she went to Auburn and then in parentheses, it's War Eagle. It's like Auburn or something. I don't come from a football family or culture or go to a school where there is a football team. And I'm always fascinated by the like war cries, which I learned. Is that? Battle cries. Battle cries. So basically... I'm going to get fact-checked by many people at Auburn because I don't know, but apparently before a football game, an eagle lands in the middle of the field, Correct. and people will yell some variation of war eagle, Correct. or war damn eagle, yep. or war fucking eagle. Shout out Tacchio Spikes. Um, yeah, and then we read through some of the other um, battle cries. There was Hottie Toddy from Mississippi. Because I like to drink. Um, I have heard Go Blue. I know that one. Um, Fight On. What's that? USC Trojan. Okay, okay. My alma mater. I had a favorite one because it was a Dolly Parton song. Rocky Top. Oh, I gave it away. Yep. Rocky Top. Rocky Top. I I didn't know that until today. It might be the best one. And that was the best musical interlude of the day slash only. Also, the best outfit of the day was seen on Dolly Parton in that video because, yes. as as Katie pointed out, she was wearing a capri suit with so, rhinestones. Yeah, so it's a white bejeweled 
pants. It's like sort of equestrian. Like it's like English it riding is. pants, yeah. you know? And the pants and just below the knee, which is maybe the most awkward length than anything possible. <laughs> but she works it. Yes, she oh, does. Yeah. Never she question rushed. the fashion. She works everything. <laughs> and it's like pantsuit nation, dolly style. It's just so awesome. And I believe Rhinestone. I believe Katie said she was thinking about wearing it to the gala. Oh so yeah. Let's, <laughs> I promises, would. promises. I would. Yeah. If I can find it and it will fit me. I'm in. You're I'm probably going pretty 80s fashion for the gala. So I think okay. it might be a thing we should all do. Wait, no, like, I support like puff this. sleeves. No, Wait, can I do yes. 80s Dolly Parton theme gala? Mm, that's, that's a bold move. Is there a theme? Uh, festive, festive attire. Yeah. That could be Dolly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Dolly is the most festive. Always. Always. No one else sparkles like Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. the, the, the theme is... Um, is Nashville. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Grand Ole Opry. To, I had to vibes. Google if my school had a battle cry. And uh, the closest, I, I Googled it. And I was like, Middlebury battle cry. <laughs> and it was just like a controversial speaker had come oh. to campus. And that was the headlines that came up. <laughs> it's like, okay. I don't think we did. I mean, we had some, we had some sports. I'm sure Go there were some, some battle cries. <laughs> <laughs> She's <are> eating. Cool. <laughs> For better or worse, things are just real different in the South. It's true. True story. So I actually think I have the the worst of the ones, which is I love my college, Kenyon College. Our sports teams are the Lords and Ladies. I like wow. it. Go ladies. Go ladies. Go and lords. Ladies. Go lords. Don't forget about those lords. <laughs> That's bizarre. That's bizarre. Just be happy you're not from the Rhode Island School of Design, being the Scrodies. <laughs> What? Is really? That is one hundred percent real. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> we don't know. Wait, isn't it like a gooey duck or something? No, it's an actual scrotum. Is it? No, what? It's not <laughs> no why is it? A, it's wait, just what, what does it look like? What is what? I don't know. Sports competitions <laughs> of Rhode Island. <laughs> I got caught on the name. That's about as far as I went. Oh there. man! Oh dear! I'm I feel so like I'm sorry, Rizdy. <laughs> Okay, it's, so it's spelled... It's scro- Scrody, C-S-C-R-O-T-I-E. Uh, it doesn't yeah. say what they are, though. <laughs> it's an unofficial mascot. Mm. Oh, it is. Hannah, you're right. What? No. no. I also went no, to No, it's an not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I'm Googling it. Keep talking while I Google it. Uh, go Griffins for the Sarah Lawrence uh, Frisbee team or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Keep up the good work. Also, go Gryffindor. Oh, yeah. Yes. No, no. Um, the, the the Muggle Quidditch was invented at Middlebury while I was there. At FYI. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Just, just you know, just saying. Yeah, That's I. Probably I, our most famous sport. I recall upon uh, applying to colleges, watching a very heated match of Quidditch between Vassar and Middlebury, and <laughs> Vassar won, and and I wanted to go to Vassar because of that. But not Middlebury. They lost. They couldn't hang. <laughs> Whatever. They invented it, dude. <laughs> Whatever. So Kat has a quick update for us on what's happening in Rhode Island. Hannah was right. This Basically, they don't, they don't want it to seem like that's what it is, but it, it is what it is. Let's call a scrody a scrody. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, all the time I have to spend on that. That was rough. That was really, really rough. Uh, <laughs> we have one more activity. Don't spoil the theme. No, 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 no. I just, I'm just saying it's getting to be about that time. Yeah. That's all I'll yeah, say yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, dogs, pizzas. Today we have a very special edition of trivia, um, which I'm not going to reveal the theme, but is specially curated for someone very special to us. 
Okay. This one goes out to you. This one goes out to you. you so, you Oscar, this this trivia is um, directed at you. It is it is uh, sort of hazing you. Um, huh. But I think you can absolutely phone a friend, Matan, if you would like to weigh in and help out. We are all on the same. Do I got Liza? Does Liza have the answers? You get okay. everybody okay, except great. for me. Okay. And Kat. Awesome. Yes. Okay. So, first question. Now I can only see it out of the corner of her eye. <laughs> okay. First question. This name and the theme of this week's trivia is derived from the Hebrew term shama'an, meaning he has heard. What is it? Uh, I'm sorry, Rabbi Zucker. I, I don't know the answer. <laughs> We're going to have to revoke your bar um, Is it Oscar? Uh, Say it fast. Try the Say other one. Think about your, what is your radio name? Oh, Oscar Simone. Simone. <laughs> Whoa. So this week's trivia is Simone themed. Oh my goodness. Are you going to reveal your Halloween costume at the end of this? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we will. Okay, next question. French philosopher Simone de Beauvoir's first published work, The Second Sex, was the origin of the feminist mantra, one is not born but becomes a blank. Daisy knows the answer. Um, so I'll give you a hint. Uh, only two out of the many people in this shipping container are not this word. A man? Oh, a woman. <laughs> right. So the full the full right, quote so- is: "One is not born, but becomes a woman." Okay. Okay. Okay, the 2002 hit film Simone, starring Al Pacino, Katherine Keener, and Winona Ryder, is about what? I'm going to give you four options. Thank you. One, (laughs) corporate intrigue. Two, artificial intelligence. Three, a love affair. Four, demonic possession. I I say two or four. Al Pacino, yeah. You, you know, think I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like two is probably the answer, but also, <laughs> I feel as though my middle name Simone is a very romantic name, so mm. I'd like to go with number three. Oh, okay. Well, you're wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> the answer is artificial intelligence. Um, so the plot of the film is that Al Pacino is a, an out of favor filmmaker. Um, we're very familiar with those nowadays. Um, who creates a <laughs> c- computer generated blonde to be the virtual star of his next film. Her name, Simone, is derived from the computer program title Simulation One. Uh, it's a real weird uh, movie. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Activist and musician Nina Simone wrote what song in response to the 1963 bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church in Wilmington, Alabama? Is it Willow Weep For Me, Mississippi Goddamn, Why, or To Be Young, Black, and Gifted? Anyone? Liza? I, didn't I get the last one? It might be counter. <laughs> yeah, but- the answer is like maybe counterintuitive. Yeah, it's not. What was what was number two? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to have to do an investigation here. The option two is Mississippi Goddamn. Um, I think it's number one. <laughs> it's not. The answer it's is Mississippi, Mississippi Goddamn. Goddamn. Oh. Alabama's got me upset. Oh, man. Should okay. I trusted my intuition, Fine. No. my boss. <laughs> Question, which leads into Oscar's next Halloween costume. The Uchenko half... Meaning a round off on the springboard connected to half turn on the vault with two twists mm. is being renamed after this Olympic yes. gymnast. Simone Biles. Yeah. 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 
So I think the best Halloween costume for this year is to go as Oscar Simone Biles. Where you combine. I mean, you just wear a leotard. Yeah. With glasses. And then I do a, a triple. A double double. Right. That. Simone Biles. Leia. Yeah. Thing. A, oh, Simone uh, Biles. Uh, Simone Biles. Right. So is she the only one that can do it? She's the, only, she's the first, first to land it in competition. Yeah. That's legit. She's Incredible. the greatest of all time. Yeah. We should repurpose this uh, shipping container into a, a gymnastics studio for okay. the rest of the episode. What could possibly go wrong? I'm sure insurance is definitely seems cool fine. with that. Seems fine. This yeah. seems like the ideal size for a gymnastics studio. I think some gymnastics studios like use shipping containers as like foam pits. Oh, can oh. we make a ball pit? Whoa. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Lots okay, of for Halloween the HRN studio is dressing up as a ball pit. <laughs> Let's You're auction it off as a, a ball pit studio for the gala. Yeah. We'll fill it with balls and then you can jump in. One million dollars. <laughs> are we gonna call it a scrody pit? Yes. Yes we are. <laughs> call back. Ouch. Okay, Oscar. I guess you did well enough at trivia that we'll let you go. Wow. Only with promises to return. In a leotard. (laughs) (laughs) Oscar, um, we had such fun with you at karaoke the other night. Would you sing us out? Can we? Let's be real. None of you guys want to hear me sing again. Yes, we do. We do. Everybody does. And so does the entire internet. What'd you sing? Uh, What what I sang? I sang American Boy. Um, Hannah and I did a rendition of uh, summer lovin'. Oh, can yeah, I would one. like to request that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just, the top because I, I know you guys know it from the beginning. Really uh-huh. quick. When I'm in the shower or wherever, I think of myself as like a pretty good singer. And then I get up on stage at karaoke and my voice starts cracking and I like I might be tone deaf and karaoke just honestly like takes takes my confidence down a lot. Except, feel, isn't that the point of karaoke? when I'm surrounded by my HRN buddies Aww. and they're all cheering me on. Like right now, Danny and got, DeLuca. Uh-huh. And I'm by my side. I think I started. Summer loving had me so fast. Summer loving happened so fast. I don't know. I met a girl. Oh, yeah. Crazy for me. Met a boy. Cute as can be. Summer days. Drifting Are we going to get sued? Oh, the summer and I. Oh, well, oh, well, oh, well, oh, well. That's our show, guys. HRN Happy Hour is powered by Simplecast. Simplecast is a popular hosting and analytics platform that allows podcasters to easily host and publish to apps like Apple Podcasts. If you have a podcast or are looking to create your very first, check it out. Try it for free and save half off your first three months at simplecast.com heritage. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. 
Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.